Hi everybody and welcome to the 16th edition of Copcast on Cop Left. We've just watched uh, Manchester United gain a point at Anfield. I think at Anfield it's maybe two points lost. We've been Mourinho'd again. And here to discuss what has gone on this evening and the pl- the pluses and the negatives of it, I have John Henderson in Belfast. How are you, John? I'm good, Dave. Happy with the result? No, I'm not happy. I'm happy, <laughs> I'm happy we didn't get I'm happy we didn't get fucking beat by them bastards well, and <laughs> those type of again, games. So. Irony's a great It's thing. all right. It's all right. <laughs> and second up, we ha- in, in London to break up the Belfast thing. Uh, we have a Mara in the house. How are you, Mara? I don't know if I'm breaking it up or spoiling the party, but yeah, here I am. Well, it takes something to keep us honest, you know. <laughs> you know how it is. And last but certainly not least, Dave Donnan in Belfast, uh, who's finally got his clean sheet. Well, yeah, yeah, they'd get it, didn't they? I thought he'd been a bit more excited myself, you know, considering... I don't know. It's, it's, it's not that much of a challenge to keep a clean sheet against a team that doesn't want to try and oh, score. Oh, no, so, see, uh, that's I, not nice. Right, I, don't, <laughs> I don't really know if I can even count that one. Yes, well, as, as, we, as was said in the group, I think one manager went out with a game plan to win and the other one was just not to lose. Start off with John this evening. You you pretty much called it, I think, during the week, John. You you were, you were saying you, this is your nightmare was <laughs> was realised. I thought I thought we'd, I thought we'd do them at night. I really really believed, and that's not normal for me in a United yeah. game. But I really thought we would do them. But Mourinho yeah. came, and as we said pre-pod, he has you know to play that style of play with the, the caliber of player he has. It was always going to be a hard night for us. We should have won it bar a couple of great saves. But what what did you make of the setup? There was no real surprise and. How it unfolded. I mean, I always felt we would need an early goal tonight because the the game that I just kept thinking about was was the time Chelsea came and that result he got, and it was almost you know the circumstances with uh, with Liverpool flying at the time, blowing everyone away. Just felt to me this is what Mourinho will do. I mean, he's absolutely shameless about it. He makes no apologies for it. He was gonna come. He was gonna set up and. I thought we needed to start fast and get them under the cosh early on, and we, we didn't. We were sluggish. Our touch was a bit off. I thought we were nervous. We were a lot more nervous than them. They settled. They got the ball down. They kept it in our half. There was some kind of crazy um, stat at one point in that first half. I think we had the ball in their third for about 3%, and they had it about 60 or something. And it was just that. was just summed it up, Dave. They just they doubled up across the pitch with the fullbacks when we had the ball Closed. They they pushed right up on our uh, our goal kicks. Pushed right up. Wouldn't let us play out. And you know they 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 came and they they done a job. And we just didn't. You know we didn't have enough tonight. Didn't have enough to break them down. I think Lalana. He's really starting to show his worth because when he came on after all the stick we gave him for, for all the stick we gave him. <laughs> you know it was palpable though when he when he came on. He just gave us that bit of energy and his touch and he was good and he was bringing people into it and we just seemed to you know we just seemed to be getting bodies into the box at that point and we we just didn't do enough and De Gea is a you know one thing about De Gea I don't think he's as perfect a goalkeeper as some people make out some people make him out that he's just brilliant at everything but one thing he is brilliant at is uh shot stopping and the and the two saves were just you know they were they were excellent saves, but I think we came in on a high, and I, I think it's one of them games, Dave. We, we, we've seen it before, Van Gaal, Ferguson, where we'd have lost that game one 0 So I'm just gonna take the point. Let's just regroup and let's go out and fucking batter 
the 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 lesser expensive version of Pulis Ball uh, West Brom at the weekend. <laughs> Let, let's go out and batter them, and everyone will be okay again. That's the way I see it. No, I hear you, and I'll come to Amara. You know, we we just didn't seem to get off the blocks at all today. Emery Khan seemed a, a little bit off the pace, but I think to be expected, given us his first game back, it took him a little while. But the second half, he'd come on. But that first half, there was times, as John said, we just seemed penned in. We did we didn't get the ball rolling. We couldn't, you know, we couldn't put string two passes together, which is is what we've been doing up until this point. Do you think the international break helped Mourinho's tactics? No, I don't know. If- the international brace got anything to do with it. It was just, I think it was a typical Jose performance and he executed it to perfection, really. I mean, we were poor as well. You know, we weren't the kind of Liverpool you've seen in the last couple of games. It was all United the first 30 minutes. We started, we picked up about 30, 35 minutes and it changed a little bit then. But, you know, yeah, we didn't have any rhythm or tempo and that's exactly what Mourinho does. You know, he just frustrates Liverpool. He's done it in the past. He was, he'd done it again to perfection today. Okay, we might have helped them a little bit, but I think, you know, it it was a bit of both. They set up really well, like he normally does, the defensive way that he likes to play. And, you know, every second ball United had and our passing was awry. And, you know, that in the in the first 30 minutes, I kept noticing that Samane and Firmino were really deep. And it's just the way that they were set up and we just didn't get going. We didn't get nothing was happening up front. And, you know, our passes, even our just short, simple passes, Firmino, I remember in the beginning, um, was, was just misplacing a couple of those as well. And then, and that all United would cut, cut, cut everything out. Sturridge was isolated up front. Yeah. And the defense was just really disciplined. You know, exactly when we did look to tack, they had six, seven, eight guys all in formation where they're meant to be like Mourinho typically does it and, and, and just frustrated us. And, um, yeah, you're right. Emery was off the pace, and like you said, he hasn't played. I think it's his first, it's his first start, Premier League start, probably. So that was to be expected. Lalana, yeah, we missed him, didn't we? We missed him quite a lot, and you saw the difference. Like John mentioned, when he came on, you could just see the difference completely. And I wish we'd have capitalised at that time because that was a time when we had a good few chances to maybe win that game. A clean sheet is nice. <laughs> I know we've mentioned that it's, you know, not that hard maybe to keep a clean sheet against the Mourinho team, but, you know, I'll take whatever we can get. Um, but yeah, I don't know how I feel right now. I'm, I'm quite happy that we didn't lose it. But then if we, we look at the, spe- especially the second half, I think we should have won it. Bar, like, as you guys mentioned, a couple of great saves from De Gea. We really should have won that game. But. It's okay. I think it's not too bad overall. I think now at the moment we're all feeling a bit crappy. Um, I think when we look back at it, it's not that bad. No, and I'll throw one at Dave in, in, in a different angle. Um, I know you're you're a Sturridge critic at the moment. Was it that he wasn't getting any service or he didn't press? The first press seemed to be awful, especially that first 30 minutes was awful. And, you know, it was suggested in our, in our WhatsApp group that, you know, he just didn't, that Sturridge was just not effective in any way in pressing. In fact, he was doing nothing in, in, in that regard and getting very, very little chance. I think it was a ball over the top early on, which he failed to bring down. He just failed to, to, to control it. But other than that, he was sort of quite anonymous at, at first half, Dave. Right. So I'm not necessarily a Sturridge critic. However, I do kind of think that he's, it's like you've got one piece left, left you've got one piece left in the jigsaw. And you're trying to fit that piece with a bit of Lego. It does the job and it's really good. Everybody loves Lego, but it just doesn't quite fit. And I thought we saw that tonight. And 
you, you could argue it was a real a real change, a real shift um, in the game when Lallana came on. Now, you could interpret that one of two ways. It was Lallana's energy and him being able to play on the half turn, whereas maybe Chan wasn't doing that so much. And also, you move Coutinho farther forward, which I'm a fan of having Coutinho as high up the pitch as you can possibly have him. But Sturridge going off, I think, contributed to our the way we took control there in that last half an hour. So not necessarily saying that I'm a, a critic of him. I just think the way that the team set up the play and the way that the team functions best, and I've said it I've said it before, um, I think we're a better side when he isn't in the team, when he isn't on the pitch. I think we're, we're, we're better all over the park. So, you know, I don't know. Well, there was other changes as well I think we have to consider. I think we did miss Alana from the start. We did miss Wijnaldum. Chan's not quite as forward-thinking and, and direct as, as Wijnaldum is. And as I say, Coutinho, as much as I rate him, um, he doesn't have he doesn't quite have that dynamism that, that Lalana has when he's playing in that one of the midfield three. And and as I say, I, I prefer him higher up the pitch anyway. Yeah, I I don't think I don't know why why we kid ourselves and, and thought that it was going to be anything different than it was. We've seen that match a hundred times and when when United go away to City in in two weeks to, or next week, United go away to Chelsea next week. I expect a similar performance and a similar game. So the the only real frustration for me tonight is the few opportunities we did have to break, we really didn't make the most of them. I thought the passing was poor, decision making was poor. Uh, it's just frustrating when you when you, you didn't beat the first man on the way to a break with with players getting forward into good position. So there were two or three opportunities where we could have done some damage in the break and we didn't make the most of them. And for me. That's the most frustrating thing because ultimately that what was going to change the face of the game. If we'd have if we'd have managed to manufacture one of those breaks and their goal scoring opportunity and put it away, then the whole game would have changed. So maybe that's something to work on. It's different when you're when you're playing against Hull and you get maybe twenty opportunities to do that during a game. You only get four or five against the way a team Mourinho sets up. So you need to make the most of, of almost every single one of them. I'd agree with a lot there with what you're saying, Dave. And one one of the things that I I think it was one of those games, you know, at halftime, you were sort of looking at it. And I don't know what you guys felt, but it, it didn't feel very obvious that there was an easy or obvious change to make to influence that match. You know, the way United were set up, there wasn't any anything there. I was thinking maybe we'd put a Rigi on because, you know, Sturridge was struggling. He was struggling to hold up the ball. Um and his touch was a bit off. I thought maybe that was something they could try. And I think I think it raises a point as well about Henderson in that deeper position. And I'm not going to start bashing Jordan Henderson because I've been probably one of the biggest defenders that that he's had since since he came through and we've persevered with him. But in a game like that, you really see, and I know we're going to the very top end of the scale here. But if you watch like the best in the world in that position where he was Busquets. For Barcelona, he still, you know, his his vision and the way he can look and cut a ball between a couple of players to take them out of the game. There was a lot of times in that second half where Henderson, he had chances if he had been quick enough to take a touch and zip the pass in and get us going again. But he hesitated and he would turn and they would come in and close and they ended up going right back to the to the keeper. 
And I think that's one of the that is for me one of the positions. And listen, Henderson's been really good recently. He's he's had some big big games for us away at Spurs. I don't think it was that bad tonight, John. I really I would find difficulty. No, 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 not not at all. I mean, I'm not saying. I'm just taking this to another level now. When we, as we evolve as a team, under Klopp, there's a reason. You know, guys like Dehud and players like that, and and a sitting player is is something that we keep hearing about that that we're going to be in for. He didn't have a bad game at all. You know, it it wasn't like he, he, he. he was really obviously bad or anything. He didn't. He covered the ground. He was as, probably as good as 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 most other Liverpool players on the pitch. But I think there was there was times there where in that position, you just need that wee bit more control and the ability to see the forward pass and get us playing on the front foot. Because once your link man in that position starts turning, playing it safe all the time and going back to the keeper, I think that sets a bit of a, a tone. But it's a subtle. It's a, it's meant to be a subtle criticism, and I think it's something that we need to, as we evolve as a team, something we need to. We, I think we need to look at upgrading, and I think Johnny, we will think in time. Do you think it's like? Do you think it's a mental thing, like a psychological thing against teams like that or in games like that, where he, he is hesitant and playing the forward pass, and as he hesitates, the pass is gone, so he has to go sideways. Maybe I, th- I think as well, though. If you think about where where Henderson has played his best football for us. I mean, by a mile, his best season for Liverpool was on the right-hand side of a diamond. And Gerrard was playing behind him. Sterling was at the tip of the diamond. Coutinho was in the left side of the three in midfield and the left side of the diamond. And Henderson's game was just constantly breaking forward, getting into the box, getting on the end of things. Quick one-touch balls. You know, the ball would come to him and he played first-time passes. I think that's where his real strength lies. And it's a lot of credit to him that he's gone into this position deeper and he's done so well recently as I say it's a subtle it's a subtle criticism of where the team I think that level of where the team needs to go to but I, it was just something I thought about tonight a lot in the second half as, as I was watching him but no, I'm not saying he had a bad game Dave it's just something that um, as I say I think that'll evolve in time for us in that position well, Mara, you were you were a bit concerned during the game, especially in the first half, about how congested the midfield was and the fact that we were losing that battle. You, you know, obviously the first half, probably the less said about it, the better. You know, it was it's just complete anti football that we watched. We never, you know, we never were able to, to pick up the ball and, with any kind of pace or inject any kind of pace when we had the ball, and it's just down to this sort of moronically boring game plan. Uh, what your thoughts? Like I said, I mentioned before that we, we didn't get into our rhythm and it just sometimes worries me a little bit. I mean, obviously, when Liverpool get the opportunities um, and they, they're allowed to play the way that they want to play, we blow teams away. But I just do wonder sometimes what happens if we can't do that, like today when we couldn't do that. What is our plan B? I know we were still quite patient and we still tried to break down the lines and it wasn't happening for us. But, you know, I think, you know, we need to kind of start working out a way. If it's not going our way, to, then what do we do? I mean, I know you can you can argue that we still had a couple of chances to win it, and and if it hadn't been for a couple of fantastic saves, we probably might have even won one or two nil. But I think sometimes I do think that can't do it, play the way we want to play, and someone does come like Mourinho did today and frustrate us. What do we? What is our next sort of uh, plan of action? What do we? How do we sort of try and counter that and then make it work in our favour? I I don't know if you guys can give me any ideas on on what Liverpool's plan B might be if if it's not working. 
Well, as I think it was Dave before the pod said, when, when you've got that caliber of player playing that sort of, it's just it's just a wall. Um, and, mm. and these are very good players playing it. You know, it's not what we expect. You know, for, for people who went to that match tonight and paid 50 quid or 60 quid, maybe even more, and, and just to see a team just come in there to spoil and destroy. And these are meant to, you know, this is meant to be the, the, the jewel in the crown of the Premier League. You know, Manchester United versus Liverpool is, you know, it's massive. Like here in Brazil, it's massive. People stop to watch it. Um, but you say, see, you say that? that we didn't who you know that we're not expecting it but what else did we expect that's what that's what he does it's what he does but at the same time I don't think feel free to discuss this one because it is a valid point I don't think I've ever seen Mourinho bar the bar the Chelsea game where he was fraught with injuries and whatnot and he came with that I don't think we've ever seen it as bad with such a quality squad we were worried about James Milner being under pressure non-stop from the likes of Rashford and Martial. At the end of the day, James Milner was under no pressure whatsoever today at all because there was no pressure put on them. They were so lacking going forward. Well, they had their first corner in the 80th minute. I was quite yeah. stunned when, when that happened and I was like, wow, you know, I didn't even realise until it happened that they, they hadn't had a corner until then because then I was like, okay, now there's a set piece that we have to defend. But yeah, I mean, I think they had a, a, the same amount of shots on target that we did, one or something. It was after how, however many minutes. We, they both had, we both had the same. Yeah, so they weren't, they weren't really offering anything up front either. This is the thing that baffles me and it really does baffle me. Like, see, to be fair, did you say you've never seen it that bad? But seeing probably in Mourinho's perspective, he's never seen it that good. It's never been that good. It's never been that disciplined, that absolutely impenetrable line of fair this, point. <laughs> this this weird new formation, which is like a six one two one or something. It's fucking bizarre. But you'll not you'll not come up against that every week. You just won't. We haven't kept a clean sheet this year, have we? Not one clean sheet in the league? Not in the league, no. Oh, not in the league. Not one clean sheet in the league. And that team, with Ibrahimovic, Pogba, the most expensive player in the world, Marcus Rashford, the next England goal-scoring hero, and that team made no attempt to go and expose our supposedly frail and fragile back four. And that... That is more baffling than anything else to me. I think our centre-backs did quite well, actually, dealing with them when they did have to deal with them. OK, they weren't they weren't attacking um, as we think they should be, but I think still our defence dealt with them quite well. And I was quite concerned, especially in the first half. I thought, God, we need to not concede here because if, if we concede one, that's it. Because it was that type of game where we knew we weren't going to score more than one. We might have got one, but that was it. But I think um, defence did quite well in the end. Madup, Madup seemed well. They seemed to take turns, but more often than not, I see Madup, Madup seemed to mark and and Lovren seemed to sweep behind. And whenever Ibrahimovic so isolated, if if he couldn't hold it, inevitably one or the other was picking it up. So yeah, they I think they dealt with what they had to deal with well, but they didn't have a great deal to deal, deal with. with. <laughs> deal or no deal? Yeah, um, they they, they were fine. For for what they were called upon to do, I suppose. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to read. It's hard to read too much into that clean sheet. To be honest, um, no. It's, like just, I said, Johnny, I don't. It doesn't count. Bloody hell, you lot! <laughs> can't please you, guys. Can we get clean sheet? And I'm, yeah, but it was against United. So we can't read too much. Yeah, no. But but there really uh, was. I mean, they they really did. They, you know, they had zero. They really did have zero ambition. 
and to get at our weaknesses, they they'd never really put any proper concerted pressure and really had people going into the box. They had a couple of crosses, they had a couple of moments. You know, Ibrahimovic, that was a big, big chance. Um, he just seemed to get caught in two minds and then he headed it back. Um, there was one that Rashford put across in the first half and there was nobody really in the box. But I know it's a weird one because it's a clean, it is a clean sheet and that is good. It's good for, it will be good for the confidence, good for Karius to get one, but Clean sheet um, with a dodgy looking goalkeeper as well. <laughs> and clean sheet with a dodgy looking goalkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> he, put, he, he, a, he, he did a wee Migs impersonation there as well. Oh, in the second dear, half, wasn't he? He did. He did. I mean, he does look nervous, and it's, you know, I think he's only 23. Let's. Let's well, give we, him a chance. Remember, remember David De Gea when he came to the Premier League? He was awful. And it didn't take him Absolutely. too long to, 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 to start being one of the best keepers in the world. Like That's true. We, we need to. Give him a chance and we'll trust Clapp's judgment with him. He's, his judgment's been all right for me so far. Do you think, John, I'll, I'll stay with you. In hindsight, do you think Klopp's sitting tonight thinking, maybe I should have thrown a Rigi on just to, to hold that ball up better? Because, you know, I, I sort of thought it in the first half. He would have been much, he'd have been a much better foil, you know, because the size of him, he's a big, strong boy. And, you know, could have just maybe gained his vital seconds in that attack? What, what do you feel? Yeah, perhaps. But it wasn't even necessarily a Rigi. I think as well, you know, just when when Lalana came on and Firmino went went further up top, and that seemed to give us a bit more in that area. And it goes back to the point Dave was making at the start. I mean, there's certain types of games where Sturridge, you know, that that type of game, he just he just couldn't get into it. It was a mass defence, and he was trying things, and 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 they weren't coming off. And maybe there is an argument, a, a bit of physicality there. Play the ball down the channels and turn them around a bit would, would have done it. But it was a difficult one, Dave. I, I, it wasn't a game where, to me, it was very, very obvious, I, I think. The two guys that were missing were badly missed. And I think a lot of us felt that before the game. I was hoping that, you know, when there was rumours, obviously, that Lalana, Wijnaldum, both of them um, weren't going to play. And then when it actually, and I was really optimistic, one of them will make it. But I think when you take two out of a midfield three that's been playing pretty well and when Aldum's been settling in, that was a big, big disruption. And I think, you know, that really affected our rhythm. Given that and United's complete lack of interest in doing anything remote, like playing football, you know, they were just wasting time, killing the atmosphere, killing the game. And I think those two being out, Chan was rusty. Um, I think that was a bigger factor than probably a region not coming on, if I'm honest. But as I say, it's it, it, it's 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 one of those things, Dave. I, I think I think it will confirm that in a lot of big games, you know, Klopp will revert to the what we've seen, which is I think Sturridge will be he'll find himself on the bench in some of the bigger games. I don't think there was anything there tonight that'll change his mind that that's the the, the route he should be taken when everyone's fit. I think if Lalana had been fit tonight, Sturridge wouldn't have started. Simple as that. No, and I, I probably couldn't disagree with you on that. But I, I sort of felt a bit sorry for Sturridge tonight because he was just so isolated. And he's not that type of player. You know, he's not a big lad that can hold a bob. He's, he's one of those classy type, type of players that, that just disappear on you. And he's just not, it's just not the way he plays. So, Dave, I, I want to come to you. The amount of yellow cards tonight was very, very sparse, in my opinion, by comparison to the number of fouls I felt that warranted them. Would you agree with that? Because every time we seem to find that little bit of space, we've managed to, to work it into a, a favourable position, the, the inevitable foul came. And it just, again, it, it's just that anti-football. 
don't get me wrong, it's planned. Let's test a referee as far as we can go. He's from Manchester. Let's see how far we can get with him. Had to throw that in. What do you think, Dave? Um, yes, I agree. In short, <laughs> Johnny and I spoke at half time and we, we both said the same thing at the same time. If the referee booked Rashford in, in the first minute and a half for that late, if late, late tackle on Milner, it could, cha- it could change the face of the game. If there's a couple of yellow cards in the first 10 minutes, everyone realises we're going to have to settle down here. We can't be flying into the tackles. We can't be tugging shirts, tripping people on the turn when they're getting away from us, whether it's in the last third or inside the opposition half. So, yeah, I, 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 do, I do think it made a difference. Ultimately, it played into their hand because the more and more they were able to get away with, the more and more they slowed the, slowed the game down. We slowed the game down ourselves on, on, on more occasions than enough. And I, th- I think that was down to the changes that we that were enforced. And I think, you know, you, you talk about disrupting the midfield. Um, and yeah, we do take two out of three out of the midfield, but it doesn't just disrupt the midfield. It disrupts the front three as well. You're having to reshuffle the front three because of it too. So you're not just taking two players out, so to speak. You're you're reshuffling much more than that. Three or four positions, maybe. Tino dropping back. Firmino's moving left. Sturridge is going forward. Chance coming in. It's difficult. Um, and I think those two things would have made a huge, huge difference, I think. If Lallana and Wijnaldum are available, there's two yellow cards for say, Rashford and, and Herrera in the first 10 minutes then, we could be looking at a, a, a completely different game of football. Completely different game of football. But such is life. Today, I don't think a lot of teams will get three points at home to United this year. You look at the guys we're competing with, Spurs, City, Arsenal, Chelsea. I put a mortgage on not all of them getting three points at home against that side. Can I just add something with, for the referee part as well? Of course you can. I was just about to ask yeah. you about that. Far away. Oh, okay. <laughs> so just shut up and just wait for you to talk. Um, no, I was just going to say, I hate it when, you know, when, when you have all these big games and you hear before the game as well, when the, um, sort of the pundits on TV might be talking, oh, I hope the referee lets the game flow and doesn't let, um, you know, the occasion get to him. But then you can, you get the opposite as well. You know, you might get some, referees who do ruin games with too many yellow cards or or they don't let the game flow but then you get that he, what he did today he just let it flow too much it, it wasn't really even flowing it was a typical kind of big game performance where he felt like he was scared to get uh, to book the players I mean I don't know how much aware he was of all the talk that was but, going but on he, he was, beforehand. He was on a hiding to nothing he was on a hiding to nothing going into that game because whatever way he went he was damned so yeah. he did nothing and, and in the end of it all it played it, it what Mourinho it did by, whip, yeah. by whipping the, the frenzy up about it in the media which Klopp said absolutely nothing about Mourinho talked about it all weekend basically um, was about this referee he, and the referee went out and he just basically nullified him for both teams and, and as I say to me Herrera should have been off twice yeah, I mean, you've got to make the decisions as you would in any other game. Okay, yeah, okay, some games you do need to maybe let it flow a little bit. But if you can see that there are players taking a piss or, you know, they're, they're t- making rash tackles when they know that the referee maybe is a little bit scared and then they continue to do it, then you just can't let that carry on. I remember when the yellow card did eventually come, it was like a goal for me. We were, we were screaming and hollering in the house um, that he actually managed to book someone. But, um, yeah, no, I, just, I think he did sort of ruin the game a little bit. He let far too much go in that first half. And, and uh, I think Dave's right. It might have changed the game. 
John, for you, the, the, the controversy around this referee and, and the fact that you know, he lives six miles from Old Trafford and so on, <laughs> is, it, is, is it time the FA have a, have a look at this? Because, you know, I don't think it's fair on the referee as an individual. And I'm not suggesting, you, you know, one way, I'm not saying he's a bad referee or anything like that, but he's on a hide and a nothing. He, he's beat before he goes out. And, and as I say, yeah, I saw, yeah. I saw Jose and the Mar- Mourinho in the, in the press this weekend, just, just throwing breeze blocks on this guy's back. And, and it's so unfair. It's surely yeah. something that they, something we need to look at. Yeah, but you know what? Too that I think that's a lot of the that's a lot of the bullshit that's in the modern game as well. I thought Neville made a good point about it. You know, when he was, I think all that stuff about you know former referees. You know, Neville spoke about it before the game. Former referees coming out and saying, "Oh, if he makes a bad call, his family will be under threat." I mean, like what a load of fucking horseshit. I mean, it really is. You know. He went the start of that game. Okay, you could argue, and, and me and Dave were talking about it. Yeah, of course, it could have been, he could have booked them early on. Would it have changed the dynamic of the game completely? But if you think about it, when you're going out into one of those, a game like that, a lot of referees, and, and, and you know, Dave, that I've got a, I've got a first cousin who's a, who, who is a, a top referee, and, and I would speak to him about stuff like this. And one of the things you'd, you'd stress is common sense. In a game like that, where the two teams are really pumped up, really fired up, and someone goes in hard like Rashford did, he's, you know, you've got the option there, which is, you know, to have a chat and say, come on, lads, settle down, or you whip out the card. If you whip out the card there, you then straight away make every tackle a possible booking in the first 10 minutes. Next thing you know, you've got maybe two or three people in yellow cards after 15 minutes next thing you know on half time somebody slides in miss time something and you've got to send them off and then he's going to have to listen to every every pundit and every journalist um saying to him are oh, you ruined yep. that game you've ruined this, the game this clown waited till the 70 something minute to do it and you know what you often hear you often hear the punditry go on about you know the referee taking control showing his authority early but I think there was a case for that particular scenario. Maybe maybe we're looking at it completely from a slanted, biased point of view. Maybe I'm looking at it that way. But for me, especially in that first sort of 10, 15 minutes, there was, there was two or three occasions, and I think it was even one for us, that could have maybe warranted a card. Now, it's nice to see the game flowing and everything, but at some point you need to go, hang on, lads, fucking wind your necks in here. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But I can tell you what, there's uh, if you're on Twitter right now, you'll see that there's a load of Man United fans bitching about the referee as well. So he really can't, he can't win. For me, uh, he wasn't the biggest thing in that game. He, you know, when, maybe he could have booked a few people earlier, maybe not. Maybe he would have made a rod for his own back, but he's actually come out of that game. There's been no red cards. There was no big incidents that he really got massively wrong, which I think in a game that size is a result when you come out of it as, as as a referee. And I think if I'm looking at reasons why Liverpool didn't win that game, it's because the changes in midfield affected our rhythm. We didn't play well. Certain big players didn't do as well as they could. And United defended very well and had a goalkeeper who made two big saves. I think that was all bigger factors than Anthony Taylor not booking people. Um, I'm just actually reading quotes from Klopp and Marina's press. Their um, interviews, which are quite interesting. Do you want to hear them? <laughs> Go ahead. I'll, I'll just uh, Klopp is a really happy with a clean sheet and apparently he said yippee but however I'm, I'm just reading that so that might have been a sarcastic yippee we have to hear his voice and look look back, back at it later but the, the main difference I've seen you can, Klopp's kind of he's saying I'm not 
I've got mixed emotions, you know, I'm not really happy with the way that some, you know, certain aspects of our game, whereas Mourinho said it was an acceptable and a positive performance. So that that's tells you the difference between the two managers' thoughts. Christ almighty. Sorry. That's, that's so he's happy say. with it. He's, yeah, he's happy with his team and the way that they, posit- the positive way that they played. Whereas Klopp's obviously a bit... Um, Move over, Tony Pulis. There's a new sheriff in town by the size of things. <laughs> he's also come out with another cracker. He was talking about United's defending. This is Jose again. And he said um, the, the goalkeeper went on holiday for 90 minutes. Oh, apart from the two he had to save. And I was like, yeah, so he wasn't on holiday for 90 minutes then, was he? <laughs> he also said we controlled the game tactically and emotionally. Tactically, maybe. Yeah. I don't know about him. Emotionally, maybe. He killed the crowd. That's the one thing yeah. I, would I would agree with. That's what he's got in him. Good old Jose, the fucking death of football. That's what he's good at, yeah. Got to give him credit where it's due. <laughs> you know, we've we've carved out some ropey results in our time, but I don't think we've ever played that fucking such a negative brand of football. It's just awful. And how can how can fans and like you know like we don't like United, we hate United, whatever. But you know, have to be respected as a club. And I know a lot, like you know, with with Manchester United fans who are friends, you couldn't be happy with that, John, could you? I think they're happy with that point because a lot of them thought in the run up to this, a lot of them were shitting themselves. I'll be honest, a lot of guys I know were shitting themselves about this one. They just thought the way we were playing, we could we could really go to town on them. So. I think they, do you know what? I think they'll take that, but I think the challenge for Mourinho is, you know, being able to do that in a one-off game away to Liverpool once a season, that's in the long run, uh, you know, is he developing? He's got, he's got Pogba, who's cost a fortune. He's got the most expensive squad of footballers in the world. Is he developing currently a style of play and, you know, a brand of football? that's entertaining and that's going to win them a lot of games. I haven't really seen it. I know when they won their first three games, and I don't want to be talking too much about, about United, but since we played them, we can get away with it, I suppose, tonight. But when I'd seen their first three games, I, I you know, a lot of United fans were gushing about, oh, it's really good to watch us again and all this, this here bollocks. And I just didn't see it. I thought they were, they were pretty average in their games. They got a bit of luck and they won them. So I think in the longer term, you know, it's one thing setting up a team to be anti-football. He showed with Inter Milan that even against a team as great as Barcelona, he was able to go there and do a number on them uh, in, in a big, big game. And and, and he, he's got that in his locker. But fortunately, that's not the entirety of football. Football's about being able to go out against teams that have no intention of trying to beat you and overcoming that and doing more with the ball. You know, that game the night was set up, they didn't want the ball because they were worried about having the ball and losing it so that we countered on them, which goes against everything that your Klops, your Guardiolas, your Pochettinos, um, that they're preaching about football, which is taking the game to opponents and getting forwards. In the grand scheme of things, they'll be happy with that. But I think as a club, and I said this when he was when he, when he was appointed, I, I'm glad they've got... Mourinho. I'm glad they haven't got a Guardiola or a Pochettino because ultimately his style, his brand, his personality, it's toxic and he won't take that club where they want to be and long may that continue when it comes to Man United. I think appointing appointing Mourinho was just a reaction, something they had to do because they was 
they totally. they saw yeah they saw that City were obviously going to get Guardiola and and all the other teams that Conte was coming Klopp's already here and they had to react. There was no Otherwise, one else, Simara. There, there wasn't was no one no. else, and it was just such and the, they're such opposites, Mourinho and United, or what United aspired to be, or what they were were previously and it just it's not going to work and then you know it's going to fall apart really quickly and I think um, Mourinho loves the fact that he, he's a bastard and everyone hates him I think he revels in it and I th- the fact that he doesn't play football and he frustrates teams that's what he loves to do and I think I actually think he enjoys it and he likes being the kind of anti-hero type character that yeah. we we all see him to be I think he loves it yeah, he's a pantomime villain. And the thing is, as well, let's not forget when Mourinho, if we're going to talk about United, his stock was higher previously and they didn't go for him because his personality, some of the incidents he got up to, especially the, I think, the the eye gouge on uh, Villanova and that time when, when, when Real were playing Barca. I mean, that stuff was really, really low. And showed just a lot of the, the the spiteful side of him come out, and his stock was higher in the past. And United didn't didn't go for him. They, you know, they plump for they plump for Moyes. So he, he he's got it this time because there is no one else, and it's it's a desperate move. It's he, he's won the league a couple of seasons ago, and there's that feeling that you know, give him a pile of money, and he'd won it again. But I'm not so sure. I think the game's moving on, and I think. Managers like Pochettino, like Guardiola and Klopp are just going to get more wins against the rest of that league than his brand of football will, and and he'll pay the price for it. It's funny, the guy works in, does pods with us across in WFI, Gavin Haverty, and he and he hit the nail on the head with Mourinho. He was special once, but those days are gone. Dave, can they win the league, that crowd? No. <laughs> just no word, no. <laughs> just John, no. John, I, 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 you know, because he's touted as a league winner, you know, with the money he spent and whatnot, he should be targeting the league title. Surely uh, the board at United would be looking for that. He can target the league title if he wants, and the board at United can target the league title. And I think that's that's the point here. Disappointment, it, it reeks of short-termism, this plague on football that we see right now. It's all about short-termism. It's all about three-year contracts and... You know, it doesn't matter if I get sacked because I'll get another job in a similar team, in a similar predicament. Nobody wants to build a dynasty anymore. Nobody wants to do a, a Paisley, a Shankly, a Ferguson, a Clough. Because it but franchises, David, you cannot do that. You don't know we're all a franchise now. Yeah, I, I know, but Dave, I get it. I get it. But I'm, I'm a fan of, of the romanticism in football, and, and those are the things that people remember. Those are the things that go down in history. See these people who've managed the club for three years, Mourinho's time at United. If he manages for three years and wins the FA Cup, poof, that's the time at United. Done. And undoubtedly, he'll leave a mess behind him when he leaves because... And the only reason to say that, I'm not saying that to be spiteful or anything, it's simply because... That's what's happened at every club he's left. There's a mess left after he leaves. Mourinho's brand of football, it, it works with immediate success and consistent success. And once there's not success and once the, the dressing room turn and he oversteps the mark like he did with the Johnny mentioned the eye gouging and, and I feel with the, the female trainer at, at Chelsea, he overstepped the mark with that carrying on with Hazard in the pitch. 
can't get away with that sort of thing all the time. You will sometimes. If you're Mourinho, you'll get away with it more times than you probably should, but you don't get away with it all the time. And sooner or later, he'll overstep the mark again and he'll piss a whole lot of people off. Ultimately, trying to get back to the football, that performance and the way he set up, I think it paid us a lot of respect tonight. I think that's the one the one thing I can take out of that. It paid us a lot of respect. Um, I think he was he was he was scared of us. He was scared of us getting in behind him. He was scared of us scoring two, three, four goals. It happened to him at Barcelona when he tried to when he tried to actually the one time he did try and go and play football and they ripped them ripped them apart five nil. So I think it paid us a lot of respect. He said previous against Klopp, he hammered him at the the Bernabeu and you know he learned that lesson. So yeah, all right, fine, fair play to him. He, he achieved what he set out to do, and if, if someone achieves what they set out to do, that's that's fine. I don't agree with the way that he did it. As far as, as far as them as title contenders, I think Johnny's absolutely right. Klopp, Pochettino, Guardiola, Wenger, those types of football will win more games against the other 18 teams in this league than, than his type of football is going to, and, and ultimately that'll be why I think they'll finish outside the top four. And I've said it from the start of the season. Um, I, I do think they will finish outside the top four. And I think the four managers have mentioned they'll be the managers of the teams who finished in the top four. Spurs, City, Liverpool and Arsenal. And do you know what, rightly so, if they're the teams that play the best football, then fucking fair play, because that's the way it should be. No, hear you on that. Well, talking about playing the right football, let's, let's leave that char behind. They're, they're done for a little while. And take a wee bit of a look forward to the next three, or maybe even four, because we have a, have a tasty... Uh, League Cup tie with Tottenham sandwiched in the middle between the West Brom and the Crystal Palace game. But, you know, one could say that we have got, got a bit of practice for what's coming next, John, in West Brom, um, Crystal Palace Perfect. and Watford in the league. So we've got, we've got a bit of practice from a high-level team tonight. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, that was a perfect dress rehearsal for uh, the unrestrained joy of watching a Tony Pulis team play football. I don't think they'll be as well organised or as well drilled because there's a reason Tony Pulis manages mid-table teams and Mourinho's got Champions Leagues. Um, they're on a different level, but there's no doubt Pulis will try something similar. Um, they'll be negative. They'll have a lot of men behind the ball. They'll rely on set pieces and they'll play a lot of long balls. But there's a big opportunity. And I know over the time we do these pods, Dave, we never like to sort of look too far ahead because every time we look at three games and go there's nine points it usually bites us on the arse so well I'm um, going to tell you something we get nine points from the next three games my fears about this team will all go out the window because those are the teams that that you you know that I crack up at a hundred percent I agree with you and you're not the first person said that you know take the United game out of it which is you know, a United games, uh, it's a cliche, but form books do go out the window a lot of the time in that game. That was, that's a big derby and anything can happen there. But the next three are more a barometer. We've got West Brom, West Brom at home, Palace away, and then Watford at home. <laughs> if we're serious this season, if we're serious, we've, we've got to be looking at nine points there. Absolutely, we've got to be looking at nine points, and I know there's a big there's there's a big cup game in there with Spurs as well, and this is going to be controversial because the cups were good crack last year, and we'd have loved to have uh, won a cup, but to be honest, fuck the cups this year. I just I just want us every league game 
that's got to treat it like a cup final. It's all about the league. Um, anything in those cups is a bonus, but I really don't give a shit. I think we should be just going flat out to try and win this league now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go around and give you all your say on this one, but what does your heart tell you? How many points are we getting in the next three? Nine. Oh, bold man. So I'll come to Amara next. Yeah, anything more you want to add on what John said there? And, and give me your predictions for uh, the points tally for the next three. So what is it? West Brom, Palace and Watford, did you say? Yeah, ho- home to West Brom and Watford and Palace away sandwich in the middle. Disaster looms. Yeah, Watford are <laughs> a good team at the moment. Um, I'm not going to say nine. <laughs> it's too positive. Seven points. And where, do you think, where, where do you think we're going to drop them? At home or away? Watford. Oh, that's at home. That's home to sure. Watford. Home to Watford. Come on, Ems. We're going <laughs> to they, But they, they have the mighty Troy Deeney, don't forget. That's yeah, it. that's it. That's basing my whole... <laughs> my whole hey, let's not be mocking the Deeney. The, the Deeney's a fine player. He's a fine player. <laughs> I don't Mind know. you, Deeney... Palace have got Benteke. He's sure to score against us, isn't he? As long as we sure win, that's that. fine. It's fine. He can, he can have a goal if he wants. Well, I suppose Crystal Palace are at home. They they may actually um, break out of their own half. Dave, for you, um, <laughs> what 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 does your head tell you we're going to get here? <laughs> oh fuck! Let me see. Pulis, I just hate playing Pulis. I hate playing him as a person. Never mind his teams. He's horrendous. Closely um, followed by Pardew. Like it's it's just a beautiful set of fixtures. You know what? I'm, I'm going to be honest. I think Palace are decent. I think Palace are decent. They they do try and go forward with pace. They've got two good wingers. I really like Jason Punchin. I think he is a very underrated player and they've moved him into the into the middle now in like a ten position and he's playing really well. So and they've got a good back four. They're just decent all over the pitch and they've got pace. So fuck, that's that's the makings of a pretty good side. So they're they're it's weird. They're on this they're maybe on this thing where, do you remember the start of last season? They were really good for about the first 12 or 15 games. And they looked like, Jesus, these boys could finish top eight. No bother. And then they went on the FA Cup front in the second half of the season. And there's a lot to be said about playing teams when they're in a shit vein of form. Like, what I would have given to play West Ham fucking three weeks ago. We didn't beat them in four games last season. What I would have given to play them three weeks ago whenever they were on the fucking floor. So there's a lot to be said about playing teams when they're on the down and out. Realistically, um, if you look at it, you should be looking at over just over two points um, a game on average if you want to be in and around winning the league. So if you get seven from three games, then that's the average that you want. So I'd be happy with that. Even six, even six, I'd be happy with. I think there's that little weird thing where you can get drawn into. You look at it and go, well, three draws. Three draws isn't too bad. Fucking three draws. You might as well lose two and win one for all three draws is worth. I don't think we'll draw a lot of games, to be honest, the way we play. So six, I'll be happy with. Seven, I'll be delighted with. Nine, I'll be over the fucking moon with. Yeah, I have to go for seven, seven or nine. For me, it's, it's the only way. I think if we're, as you say, if we're serious about this, not even winning the league, I'm talking about just seriously getting into that top four and make, sticking in that top four, staying there uh, throughout the season and, and fixing one of the places, whether it be one, two, three or four, I really don't care. Uh, it's about getting us back in the Champions League again. As I say, seven points for me, I, I'd be over the moon. Ooms, what do you want to say there? This year, we have to go for the league because we've got no Europe and I'm hoping we're going to get Europe next year. So, 
you know, this this might be one of those like a couple of years ago when we had the the close title run in. This might be one of those those times. And we've started really well. Played eight games. We've only lost one. You know, it's not that bad. Only two points off the top. We just need to keep it going, and hopefully today's match won't have set us back too much. I'm hoping it won't have. We're not going to play teams like that every week. Having said that, we have got Pulis and Pardew back to back, but um, <laughs> we yeah, I think it's really important for us to. Yeah, focus, like you said, you know, the cups are great and everything, fantastic if we get through. But it's got to be the league this season with all these long week breaks we have in the middle and it's perfect for Klopp and the way that he wants to train them and everything. So we are only chance. Yeah, and you saw the effect there in Guardiola. He has Barcelona to look forward to later in the week and, and we don't have that problem. We don't have the, the problem of European football. There is no. an opportunity there. but and, and as I just say, these next three games to me are, are just... The, the the type of group or block of games that'll, that'll tell you all you need to know about this team going forward. And I hope we get seven. I pray we get nine points, but seven would, would, would be acceptable as long as we, you know, as long as we're winning their home games and, and putting you know, those teams to, to the sword of Anfield, I think we're all right. Listen, before we close, is there any other business anybody else wants to bring up far away? Yeah. Do you know what, Dave? Your opinion on where things stand changed within two weeks. Mine? So. Everyone's the whole the whole fucking world of football. You know, if we lose two and City and and Spurs draw two and United and Arsenal win two, there's the the two favourites for the title. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, we want to pick up points, um, but we just need to continue to keep playing the way we are, keep creating chances, keep scoring goals, keep in and around that mix until end of January, February, and I think he will go strong in the Cups. I think he will. There's everything he's done so far. I agree far. with you. Everything he's done so far suggests that he will. So I think he will. If we can continue to stay in and around there, and we've played a lot of big teams away from home, I think United almost the, the other way around, where it'll be easier to play against him at Old Trafford than it will have been tonight. So that's a difficult one out of the way too. Um, and I think we're we're in a good place. Less home games played than than most teams, also. So I I think we're in a good place as it stands. Dave, can I just say I totally agree with you that he will take the cup seriously. I just don't give a fuck about the cups. That was the only, <laughs> that was the only yeah, point. As, I was, as the rounds I, go on, John, you will care about them. That's the thing. Well, you know <laughs> I, I think we've got a. There's one big target this season. Let's let's not think about. I think we've got a chance here. Guardiola's just getting his, his putting a stamp on that team. We're in a very good moment. I think let's not just think about fourth. Let's go, let's go out to win it. And if we end up second, third, or fourth as a result, and we're back in the Champions League, yeah, we'll I think take about, take that all day long. Yeah, I think it's a lot about even if we don't win the league, it's it's a case of showing that we are competing for it, not finishing 10, 12 points behind in fourth place. It's if you're going to finish fourth, you want to be four, five, six points behind in fourth place. You want to show other players around Europe you've got the new stands, you've got Klopp, which is as much a draw on players as anybody. Um, and if you can show you're in and around there competing, I think that'll make as much of a difference as, as even being fourth. But listen, I'll fire around the table, stay with you, Amara. Where can we find you? And I believe you've written something. I have. I wrote a poem. <laughs> Um, I know. So, <laughs> oh yeah, I just thought it'd be different to all the articles on Klopp's first year. So if you like a bit of poetry, if you like something a little bit cheesy, 
you can go and read that on the Cop Left website. There we go. And Dave, anything you want to plug yourself? No, just more goals and more clean sheets, that's all. Oh, well, clean sheets, we know about that. And John, where are we going to find you on Twitter, Dave? On the Twitter. The Twitter. The Twitter. <laughs> the Twitter sphere. Um, David Dunning, 81. Yeah, don't follow. Don't <laughs> he's follow. Just, he's just, not much back. Um, he's not on Facebook either. He's, uh, no, he's, tech, Facebook. he's are, are you a Bob Dylan fan? Yes. There you go. Because you, you, isn't your profile picture of him or something? Yeah, Nobel, Nobel Prize winner. Yeah, yeah, a couple last week, not bad. Yeah. So there we are. We've managed to plug Bob Dylan in the protest. <laughs> John. Yeah, yeah. John. you know what? That's really good. Actually, it's 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 topical. So yeah, if you haven't listened to Bob Dylan, go and fucking listen to Bob Dylan or be a safe life. You learn you learn all kinds of things about life on Copcast, don't you? <laughs> Apart from football, John, save me from this. Where can we find you on Twitter? Anything to plug? <laughs> I was going to say Bob Dylan joins the greats of Nobel Prizes like John Hume. That's sad. Don't, don't, don't. 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 Bad thing, bad thing. <laughs> Enough of that. Thought you boys would like that one. No, you can get me on Twitter at Pubamlad, which is T O O B A N L A D. If you want to have a wee debate about football or anything, just give me a wee follow. Um, but nothing to plug, Dave. There you go. And for me, I just plug Ooms's article again. If you haven't read it, why not? It's absolutely awesome. And if you are not listening to WFI, why not? Because it's the best podcast channel out there. And we have everything on there. Champions League coming this week, Serie A, La Liga, Bodies in the Box, um, Tactics Pod coming tomorrow. Loads and loads of stuff. If you like football, we've got something for you across there. Give us a shout. Take a look at us at World Football Eye on Twitter and www.worldfootballindex.com. Other than that, I'm sure the guys will be back again next week, hopefully discussing a win this time. But that has been our We've Been Mourinho'd pod again. And until the next time, from everybody here, thanks and good night. <laughs>